The views, information, or opinions expressed today during podcast series are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Bill Bros and any other future affiliates and partnerships. Hi everyone, welcome to Bill Bros. Bill Bros, Michigan's premier build bros in Michigan. Tonight we are going to have these fine gentlemen talk to you about anime, Gundams, and other things. And why not? You guys can start now. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Build Bros. It is me, Steve. Tonight we have Claudian. Cheesecake. <laughs> and Nick with us. And then also we have a special guest, Nick from Mecca Warehouse with us. How are you doing tonight, Nick? Good. How are you? Doing well, my friend. Doing well. Excited to have you on the show. I know these guys are too, so. Very. Um, Oh, yeah. So. Good times. Uh, So tonight we wanted to bring you on the show to get a little interview with you, kind of talk to you about Mecca Warehouse and then yourself on there. Sure. Um, So to start it off here, um, tell us about yourself, Nick. Sure. Uh, so I don't know. I'm just a just a guy that uh, started a gumpla shop, and I guess that's probably why you guys want to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I've been uh, been doing this for a few years. I uh, you know, started my my life as an engineer. Decided that I didn't really enjoy that anymore. I was kind of burnt out of the grind doing the consulting thing, and uh, decided to start a gunpla shop on the side and then just through I don't know, a little bit of luck hopefully a little bit of uh maybe maybe skill or talent or something but some combination of that managed to find myself in a position where the business has grown really fast and now it's my full-time thing yeah no i mean definitely so you so you were an engineer before all this yes yeah so it's really yeah, nice to yeah no so, that's cool so did you get did you find this out through a friend or how did you get into this hobby? So that's a that's an interesting story in and of itself. So uh I was like I feel like most people in my age category that are into Gundam stuff mm-hmm. saw uh, Gundam Wing on Tsunami back in like, the early two thousands, was into yep. into Gundam, yeah. thought it was great, went to college, completely forgot it existed. And uh Back in 2016, I went to Japan for uh, actually a, a karate tournament. There's a world championship. Was there to compete, and uh, while I was there, I stumbled into a toy store like a block from the hotel we were staying at in Tokyo during the first like half of the trip. We're just dealing with jet lag, kind of getting used to the uh, being on the other side of the world and stuff like that, trying to be ready for the tournament. And this this toy store it was like a four story building in the middle of Tokyo and the the top floor was all like big kid toys, slot car racing, model kits, stuff like that. And they had so much Gundam stuff. They had displays of built kits. And I was like, Oh, this is cool. I, I haven't like, I, I knew they existed, but I didn't really know how much existed when I was uh, in the Gundam as a kid. And so I saw this stuff. And I was like, well, this is pretty cool. I'm going back to the hotel room and Googling Gundam stuff and realizing, Oh, there's there's like way more series and stuff that i know 
And then uh, a couple days later, we were in Shizuoka, which is where the tournament was, and is also uh, coincidentally the like hobby capital of Japan. And that's where all the like major model manufacturers in Japan are headquartered. That's where the Bandai factory is, and like two blocks from that hotel was a hobby like model museum. And so again, we're trying to kill time, trying to keep things low key because we're you know going to competition in a few days. You know, just looking around what's around and find this place. And it was, they had rooms of just Gundam models built, <laughs> like amazing stuff. And I was like, if I was a little bit peaked before, this was like, holy crap, this is the, I have to go look into this when I get back. And, uh, and then I did, and I guess the, the rest is history from there. That's awesome. Oh, that's great. That's uh, a, wow. That is, great, that is a story right there. I can't even imagine <laughs> that now. Yeah. yeah. No. That's I remember crazy. watching that on. I remember watching uh, Toonami and and just obsessing over just the uh, especially for us Gundam Wing. A lot of us got into that and that that particular one. And I was just always amazed by just uh, the detail of animation, like and the like the political intrigue and all that. It was like really only the show doing that it wasn't too outlandish. Like I thought, and that's what I loved about Gundam Wing. Sure. So you had mentioned that you do, or you were there for a karate tournament. So other yeah. than Gunpla, what other like hobbies, or I don't want to like downplay, you know, sure. obviously into it, but uh, what other hobbies are you like into besides, you know, Gunpla? I mean, so, so karate has been a huge part of my life. I started when I was seven, been going training continuously since then. I run a school actually, in addition to the, the Gunpla shop, it's a small, I guess not a, wouldn't say that's a very successful business. It's a hopefully break even kind of thing and uh, allows me to do that. But I, I teach classes with that. I'm doing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu now for oh, like seven, eight years now and of 2013. And so those are the, the main things. And otherwise it's just being busy doing everything else. You know, I try to try to build when I can and spend time with my family when I can, things like that. But I mean, I definitely feel that on that end. It's a, it's a lot. I, I know I struggle to build in just my, uh, and I don't run any businesses, so I can't even imagine how that is for you. Man. I'm just, yeah, yeah. to be honest, like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm always making excuses on why I'm not building one night. And then I'm like, oh right. yeah, I mean, that, that put things, that put things in perspective for a lot of people, I think too, you know what I mean? Like you need to make yeah. time for that if you got it. Right. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah, Steve is just hoping this goes well so he can get a job there to work for you. That's, 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 <laughs> yeah, all the way honestly, in Michigan. This is where he's like... He'll commute. Yeah, yeah. Just a quick 10-hour drive. No worries. (laughs) I'll be there every morning. Uh, So So what actually ended up dragging you to that toy store that day, or was it just like... It was like, I I don't know, dumb luck, I think. I don't don't know if we walked by it and I saw the the sign on the door and said, hey, I want to look in there, or if I was just looking for things to do. I don't Mm -hmm. know if you guys have ever been to Japan. Or, or any sort of like big trip like that, like jet lag is a killer, but it's, you know, it's like a 12 hour time change, something like that, depending on daylight savings and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. you get there, it's like a 12, 13 hour flight. If it's, if you go direct, you, so you get there, you're, you're like exhausted and trying to just figure out what to do to kind of get up and try to let yourself get time adjusted. And when you're about to go into like a physical competition, you're just trying to find something to, something to do to keep you kind of awake and occupied. That's not necessarily crazy. And so I, I, I 
totally forget if it was me sitting there looking at Google Maps, like what's what's in the neighborhood that I can go check out, or if I walked by it and said, "Oh, it's a toy store. Toys are cool. Let's do that." Especially in Japan. That, yeah, that is amazing. Right. Sounds like it turned out great. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Thank God you went in, right? <laughs> right. It's one of like I don't know three three moments over the last five years that just changed everything. I guess. That's changed awesome. my life. That's so awesome. what is your uh, so what is your uh, favorite thing about uh, the Gampla hobby in general? Um, I, I think I you know there's that cliche statement that that gets thrown mm-hmm. around Gampla is freedom and all that you know and I to me it like that really kind of is it for me it, it was the freedom to get away from like a nine to five kind of thing and make a career move I kind of lump that into the is freedom there but just the fact that you can do so much with it or so little with it, right? Whatever you want to do, there's a there's a place there for you. You could just snap build a simple kit and that's enjoyable. Maybe it's like therapy for you. It gets you to do something with your hands and and uh, you know, away from whatever thoughts you're dealing with. Or it could be this super deep hobby model, whatever. You get these people that will spend a year plus on a single kit trying to make everything perfect and detail things and customize things. And it's just it's to me, it's amazing how much range there is and how many people of all different, uh, you know, whatever. You can do whatever you want with it. I think that's great. Oh, I agree 100%. Mm-hmm. Like the, especially like, and the Asians have like mastered it like completely. Like their, their Instagram accounts that they have like whole scenes just meticulously yeah, done. Really talented like, it just blows your mind. You're like, you're like, Wow. Art, like like actual like it's 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 like artists like yeah it, it comes down to being artistic like, you know what i mean i yeah. mean the, the things people do with these kits and dioramas are just insane you know that's something i strive to do eventually is dioramas myself so yeah the stuff people do i i agree though i think that is the nice thing about gunplay you can you can snap build or you can you know weather it to hell if you want or battle damage whatever you want to do with it it's make it yours you know i think that's right. the coolest thing about it too kit fashion kit bashing that's a whole other thing man i wish i could get into that yeah <laughs> it's a little hard there so um, after your trip oh steve you want to go ahead no go ahead. oh no i was just gonna ask um sorry i was just gonna ask also um have you um are you um like what are your kind of like hopes as far as like community wise um that you see happening in in especially maybe the u.s with gumpla like is it gonna thinking maybe hopefully it's getting more mainstream as it is now or sure you think we're gonna hit a sort of plateau now and it's just it's gonna be something that's always gonna be fringe or do you think it's gonna break out i think it will become more and more mainstream i don't know that it will ever be like the thing that everybody's doing but mm-hmm. like you can i mean there's the whole uh netflix legendary studios movie coming out uh Bandai's always working on trying to do stuff to get it kind of into people's, you know, minds and get that stuff out there. So I think it will become more and more uh, mainstream as time goes on. And it will be, you know, maybe it'll be that thing everybody kind of knows about, but it's still kind of a niche thing to do. I have a feeling you go to Japan, I, I could be totally wrong on this, but you'd probably ask any random person about Gundam and a good number of them probably know what it is. Whereas here it's like, Oh, like those transformer things or whatever. <laughs> yeah, you go to Seven Eleven over there and they have right. them literally in Seven Eleven. Like, right. 
Right. It's like, it's like a cultural thing. It's uh, I'm trying to think yeah. of what the equivalent is here, like I don't know, Marvel studios and all that stuff now with, mm -hmm. with the Marvel movies, mm -hmm. right? I don't know if there's a human alive in the United States that doesn't know what the MCU is. There's people right. that don't care for it, but everybody knows what it is. Right. Would have been like a rock. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, what, what would you say your favorite kit that you've built was that you've done? Um, so I, I hate playing favorites and stuff like this. Like it's, okay. I, I really hate it, but the, the one that I've, I think kind of solidified on is probably the master grade heavy arms because I really like the heavy arms and it's a solid kit, but there's so many good kits. You know, there's, there's far more kits that I've built that I've been fond of and thought were great kits. Then there've been kits that I've been like, ah, oh, that wasn't very good or I don't want to build that again or, you know, whatever. I wouldn't recommend that. There's only, only a few that are. <laughs> Are bad and those are usually older kids so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've got a few that I wouldn't recommend. I'm kind of glad you <laughs> said that because I literally have a heavy arms in a box that yes. haven't even opened yet I like I haven't even opened up the packaging yet right for, I'm gonna do a video of the opening and um, it was it was I'm sorry I'm sorry it was new type I ordered it through night I'm sorry Nick, but <laughs> I got it through them but um, no I I heard I heard a lot of mixed things about that heavy arms master grade so I'm glad, oh, really? you, I'm glad you liked it. Like, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. I basically built it twice because I built the P-Bandai one. Okay. Two, and then, like, it's basically the same build both times for the most part. It's, it's a solid kit. Is there, um, like, so do you do any customization to your kits at all, typically? Uh, a little bit. I I'm, I'm want to do more and more. Like some, someone said, <clears throat> I want to do dioramas. I want to do diorama stuff. I've been painting. I've done a little bit of kit bashing, weathering. Uh, I want to do like more and more and uh like so i i don't know if you guys saw we put out a vlog this week went down to richmond for old dominion open which is a ipms model show down there and i walked into that that place you know second time being down there and you see all these custom painted and detailed things and like you can't help but to come away from it inspired and wanting to do more than you do and so i'm like chomping at the bit to get back to customization and stuff and trying to do more stuff and see if i can rise to the level of what these guys are doing down there. Yeah, that's one definitely our, master level right there. One of our buddies was down there, and he was doing mm -hmm. a live feed, uh, Gumpla cool. Boy. And uh, he oh, was yeah. showing us some of that stuff, man. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm like, how? Like, how do they get to this level? But yeah. I, mean, I mean, you're never going to get any better until, you know, <laughs> take a crack right, at it. He's got to try it. Yeah. Try I mean, that, that stuff was sweet, man. I seen a lot of, like, there was a She Gundam that was, like, red. Yeah, yeah, and, and Gumpa Boy showed me that, and I was like, "Oh, that is sick!" Like, I, I normally try <laughs> to stay away from like a one base color on like, right. like do any type of customization, but I was like, "That looks really good, like that." Like, wow, <laughs> right? So I probably you know doubt that you remember this, but do you remember what the first kit you built was, and like, do you still have it? Uh, yeah, I, I, I have everything I've, I've built so i definitely have it it was either the uh the rx78 revive the high grade hgc 191 or the high grade zaku 2 hgc 40 or whatever i think it was the uh the rx78 though because i think if i had built the, the zaku 2 first i probably wouldn't have kept going <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would recommend. That that was the one. Yeah, pretty much. That's awesome. Yeah, I kind of um 
they, they make fun of me because I first, so I just started like in December uh, building okay. myself. Um, so I'm like the baby in the group. Um, Nick over here, he builds like master grades in like a day. Like, I don't know how he gets the time or. I only have that. so much time as, as a mechanic. <laughs> I can only do what I can do. Yeah, just a master grade a day. You know, yeah, that, that's where you're at right now. And um, no, I my first one was the, um, was what, the Gundam uh, Dime. Uh, I can never Damios say or whatever. Damios. I can never say the word. It's, but yeah, Damios. And they're like, wow, that's one hell of a kid to hop right into. Like for your first <laughs> kit, like you, you sure you want to do something lighter? I'm like, but I love the green. Right. I love that green. So yeah, I hopped in big for sure. So kind of a weird question. Like if you do get into the dioramas, are you going to start like potentially carrying stuff so you can't like so other people can get into it or is that like so niche you're kind of like uh maybe not i i definitely want to get into that so we there's, there's like a ton of paint lines a ton of other tools and <laughs> uh supplies and things like that that we want to get into it's like space right now like we're probably mm. looking to move sometime in the next three to six months to a bigger location or mm. taking over awesome. an adjacent unit or something because we're just flat out out of space uh, so I would definitely like to get into that. We'll probably start doing like scratch building stuff first, I think. Plot plate and, you know, those kinds of materials first. But I, I could totally see like dipping our toe in the water for, for uh, diorama supplies because I think people definitely use them or be interested in them. And if they don't, then, then we'll have to educate people and help people who want to figure out how to use them. Oh, yeah, I would love that, especially because I've been actually... I mean, obviously, uh, I'm on, well, not obvious, but I'm on your Discord, and I actually just picked up the, uh, one of the damaged units, but okay. it was, like, it was not what I expected. It was, I thought the box would be, like, demolished, but it's just, it's just bent, which is nice that you have yeah. such high standards, because I love that. Yeah, yeah. I, I hate receiving anything that's, that's dinged up, right? You, you just, it doesn't feel good when you open the box, and you pull something out, and it's like, this looks like somebody's been, like, chewing on it or something. Like, it's, it's not, it's not nice, right? Oh, yeah. A lot of people but collect Nick, boxes, so. But, Nick, we, we must know, is is it uh, protected on the inside? Oh, no. <laughs> we, we, uh, so, last couple episodes ago, we, we yeah. actually were reviewing uh, AliExpress okay. Gundam kits, and <laughs> they were wild. Let's just say the reviews were wild on those, and we, there was a package that was like they actually had literally air air like those air plastic things inside right. the kit and we're just like what is going on here interesting like, and, yeah, the, and, the, and the reviewer uh, was like oh it's packaged on in the inside so that's kind of like a running joke yeah yeah that's uh <laughs> just a little overkill <laughs> I think so. it, it might even make things worse depending on what happens yeah. i don't know there's there's so much that goes into figuring that out we've done done a few tests here and there i think we did a video like a month or two back where we intentionally packed boxes a few different ways and dropped them and try to smash them up to see what what would happen and it's it's so hard to predict what actually will happen mm -hmm. yeah. and, and how you pack it like depends on if you're predicting it from a drop versus a crush and all that kind of stuff so I almost feel like that might be too much pressure on something like that. Right, like right. runners. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that would that's gonna if you have anything else in that box, it might cause pieces to snap out of the runner. Right. You know, I mean, and most of, so I, most of those bigger bubbles too, they don't necessarily pop easily, and that's through really the protective mechanism mm -hmm. is that, that it would pop rather than crush. But because they're relatively strong and, and gunplay is relatively fragile, 
the, the plastic or the boxes will often deform before the bubbles will pop. Oh yeah. Like the main reason to put the bubbles in there is to take away voids that could be, you know, that the box will get crushed in or things will move around and stuff like that. At least that's my experience. You guys are based out of New Hampshire. Is there like a big model, like, um, community out that way like are there like a lot of shops around you guys by any chance or no not really i mean there's there's a few few shops around there's like one down in nashua new hampshire that people people talk about because they apparently have a ton of stuff just lying around it's like you walk in and you can find things randomly i've never been in there but there's not a huge community locally that was actually one of the things i was thinking about a lot coming back from that that richmond show because they've got a huge community within like a two-hour drive down there of tons of amazing builders and they get together, they build together and they, they're like all friends and they critique each other's works and help each other out. And I want to figure out how to build that locally here. Cause I think there's so much value in that kind of local community that you can physically just go and bring something to someone and be like, Hey, I'm having trouble figuring out how to get this effect or my airbrush isn't working. What's going on that, you know, we, we try to create that online with our discord and through our, our other online social media and stuff like that. And, create that online community for people that don't have it locally. But I think one of the next things I want to think a lot about is how to create that locally here. Cause we don't have it. No, that's, I mean, that's huge too. I mean, just having a community to reach out to. And that's like a very useful tool you have too, is that discord. I mean, I'm, I'm a part of it as well. Um, I see a lot of good things in there. People, you know, trading kits, selling kit, like there's just a lot to it. Whenever you have a community, that's, you know, how all Definitely. these guys and all of us pretty much, got together too we had a local shop around us which we don't have too many around us mm-hmm. um no. but they <clears throat> they started having build days yeah. so one week it's like model airplanes cars and then one week they have gunpla building and stuff like that and it just so happens you know i we all got together down there and then we kind of formed our little build group that we've got here you know so it's us four up here and then you know cool. just through instagram and other things like that we've met other builders that we you know religiously talk to you know what i mean so community is a huge thing i think especially in this definitely hobby mm-hmm. what um so whenever you started it what was the drive behind getting mecca house really really like kind of steamrolling and going on there i know you said you were looking to kind of get out of your in like get out of the profession you were in then and that was right. like a big hector but like what was like the push you know what i mean sure uh yeah so I, I started it i was just i wanted a business that i could do that was you know i thought of it as what's a stupid simple business i think just selling something is about as simple as you can get for the most part i found out kind of i was a little bit wrong on that after the fact but compared to doing like engineering consulting where you're trying to figure out to solve complex technical problems selling gunplus seems pretty easy so i wanted something mm-hmm. i could just apply my my talents to and and uh hopefully do something very well that anybody could do rather than do something maybe okay that not not as many people can do if that makes sense but the Mm -hmm. the spark that really got it going was actually covid like 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 the the covid kind of i think caused the all the lockdowns and everybody staying at home and having stuff to do like the whole hobby in general grew a ton. There's so many people have gotten into it over the last two years. It's been kind of insane. Uh, but March 13th, Friday, the 13th, 2020, was the day of New Hampshire lockdown. And that was also the day that we ran an ad, uh, that w- I, to me was the moment where it went from a small thing to a big thing. And it was a quarantine proof your backlog. I'm sitting in my attic. This is back in like the attic days when it was still in my house. 
and uh, you know, I had a mask on, look at the camera, I take the mask off and like, you know, you don't need a mask to protect you from COVID. You know, you need these rubber gloves. You don't need whatever you need model kits. So you can stay home and have something to do, <laughs> build up your backlog. So you got something to do while you're staying at home. And between February and April, we grew our gross sales by like 10 X or something like that in that, that small window. Cause we just, that ad resonated. It was the right thing at the right time. It's a little bit funny. It was thankfully tasteful at the time. And, and, uh, basically that got the ball rolling and then it's just kept going from there. And it's like a snowball rolling down a hill right now. It's a good problem to have, I think really. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, an unfortunate circumstance, but I, I mean, that's great for business. Then it sounds like for you, which is good. Um, I mean, I love the shop, so I'm, I'm glad yeah, it worked, it worked yeah. out good. So right. with you running the shop and, and having started this um, and been in it for a few years at least, um, what, what, what joys do you get out of like it? Like, like I'm trying to think of how to best say it though. Like, mm-hmm. like obviously, you know, there's the community and stuff, sure. and that, but like as far as more or less you operating it and, and being a successful business person, like, right. is there anything else that you find like the joy where you have your, I don't know if you're a coffee drinker, but you have your co- cup of coffee and you're just, you stand in at the f- front of your store sure. and you're just like. I enjoy this thing. What would that be right. like? Yeah. I mean, so I, I enjoy just operating a business. Like I found out mm-hmm. with the dojo, like I like teaching and I do that because I want to teach some of the trying to figure out how to operate. It was interesting to me. Consulting business, same thing. I, I <laughs> enjoyed trying to figure out some of the, like, how do I figure out the next contract and the clients and how to satisfy clients needs more than the actual engineering work, which was a big problem because in that kind of business, you're doing most of your work doing the actual engineering work. Mm-hmm. And so it's trying to figure out how to, how to get to the next thing and get to that next growth point, how to uh, continue to offer good customer service as the number of orders increases, how to, you know, now the, the big problems that I'm trying to solve or how do I, I've got just brought on two new people. So we got four people working in the warehouse now. Mm-hmm. How do you ensure quality when you got four, four different people? when I can't be everywhere at all times to make sure that the new guy's being trained right. And those kind of things, they can be frustrating at times, but they're also like, I find it super interesting trying to figure out how to, how to like move the rock from point A to point B. That's like, like my thing. And so uh, mm-hmm. as weird as that sounds, that's like, I enjoy trying to figure out how to actually run the business and, and especially when it's, how do I, how do I run it today? And then how do I run it tomorrow when, I need to uh, do something differently to facilitate growth or because of growth. And on, and on the subject of business, while we're talking about it, um, sure. what, what do you feel is the thing that separates you, Mecca Warehouse, from really your competitors? Sure. I, I think it's kind of twofold. I think, uh, number one, we're like community first very mm-hmm. early on, especially with the whole COVID thing. Like my, my goal has always kind of been to try to be that local hobby shop that a lot of us don't have. You guys talk, you're, mm-hmm. you're mentioning, you got your local shop, you got the build night. A lot of people don't necessarily have a shop 20 minutes away or whatever they can just go to to pick up their stuff and to have that local community. So it's, we, we have the discord that gives people a chance to kind of have some of that feel. We do uh, zoom build nights, Friday nights, and the, uh, some of the discord moderators are doing that several times during the week as well doing the live streams and trying to connect with people directly and just be kind of kind of out there in the community, interacting with the community 
and, and building and providing community to people that don't have it. And then the other half of it, I think, is just trying to provide the best possible customer service like that we can provide. I mean, there's some other shops that provide good customer service too, so it's not entirely there, but there's always, I think one of the things that comes up in business is like you can provide good service, you can have good prices, uh, service prices, or I'm drawing a blank what the other one is, like a triad, right? And you can usually pick like two. And I'm trying to, like, why pick two? Let's just provide all three. We're trying to have the best prices possible, best customer service possible, trying to get things shipped out as fast as possible. Like, I don't know why you need to sit with an item for a week before it gets shipped. If that's happening regularly, that means you've got an operations problem that needs to be solved. There's shops that have pre-orders that they, they offer, and then lo and behold, it's really a back order and you might get it someday, but you're not going to get it in that first batch because they oversold it, decided to sell it before they knew what they're going to actually get. All those little kind of things, like my, my goal is to always have that interaction with our business be, you know, five-star every time. I don't want people to, you know, ever have that bad experience or if something goes wrong to make it right, right? That's should almost always be in our power to, to make it right if something does go wrong. Yeah, because I'll say that honestly, except for maybe a few other, like maybe one or one or one other store, you're the only person that I know. Like, okay, there's Nick. Like, right. he owns Mecca Warehouse. He's the face of the company. Sure, he's, he's out there. He's active. You got live right. streams. You're 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 really you're killing it, man. You're you're Thank you. on top of just the business. You're yeah. like in the community. People recognize you going back to uh gumpa boy like he was like oh yeah i met nick and we're like oh that's cool we got an interview with him <laughs> like so there's a yeah. real like uh yeah well, we, we appreciate it like we appreciate that kind of interaction that sure. you, you've been providing for sure sure appreciate yeah. you saying that to me i saw it as a trust thing i want to put my my name and face out there because mm -hmm. if i'm willing to put my name and face on it that means i'm not going to try to screw anybody over right mm -hmm. if i if this right. if this evaporates <laughs> and i got to go do something else there's, there's thousands of people who know my name right now and if i were screwing them all over yeah. like it's going <laughs> to yeah, make the right. next thing a little bit difficult right it's, <laughs> it's not like i can just roll it up and start a new one and my name's all hidden like i people know who i am so that's uh <laughs> well, we were noticing believe me we were oh yeah because like everyone. even just like the small things like uh, when you guys ship out your stuff, like the little letter in there and it says who packaged it and like mm -hmm. all that stuff, like it might not mean anything to other people, but like, I love it personally. Cause it's like, I know who's accountable for packaging all my stuff, sending it out. And like, right. it, I haven't, it, whenever it says it's supposed to be there, it's usually, well, not even usually it's there. I, I get it sure. when it says it. And like, you guys notify us and I don't even have to check UPS, I think, or ground or whatever it is. I don't even mm -hmm. have to check you guys email me yourselves and tell me. So it's like, which is <laughs> phenomenal. Very but uh, speaking of packaging, what's like the worst? Do you have any like horror stories in regards to like shipments you've received? Like just everything's just fucked or Re received. Yeah. So uh, the worst shipment we ever received was in June, 2020. Uh, we have a whole video up on that too, from way, way back when it was like five pallets, it was like three and two halves. And, Whenever any company ships a half pallet, especially Gumpla, it's it's bad news because the shippers don't understand that you can't put weight on top of it and they try to stack stuff on top of it. And so we received this, you know, five pallet shipment and like, I don't know, 
probably close to 50% of it was damaged. And a lot of it was badly damaged. Like there's a there's a picture of me, I think, from from one of these the video or whatever I'm holding up is a master grade ARC seventy eight origins version. And it's like spherical. Like it's it, it outside it of was like bad. your garage. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds <Yes>. terrible. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. And I didn't have like I was running the business out of my house still. So I didn't have a whole lot of space to like, oh, I'm just going to pull all this stuff out and check it all out. So it, it took a while to go through everything. I talked them into not making me send the damaged stuff back and they gave me credit for it. So we, that was kind of the early ding and dent on the Discord era. So we were able to discount them deeper than our usual ding and dents and sell them that way. Because I don't That's know, nice. I would have been sending back like a couple pallets maybe of just smashed up stuff. It was, it was bad. Sorry you had to go through that. Oh God. Yeah, that sounds terrible. I'm sorry you had to go through that. <laughs> I couldn't even imagine. I mean, that's like, yeah, like it's like it was, I just put all this money into this, and now it's just like, yeah, it was good content uh, though. So, good content. yeah, right, yeah. At the time, it was content. probably one of our most watched watched videos. It's, people <laughs> no. love seeing horror stories. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, hey, you got to look at the what is it, the glass has or the glass. Blah, blah, blah. The glass is half full, or or it's uh, right, right. half empty, right? I mean, sure. She got some good content out of it, though. Yeah, yeah. But since then, has anything even remotely close to that happened, or has it just been pretty smooth for the most part? It's been better than that. We have we get kits from multiple suppliers. Most of it comes from uh, Bluefin, which is the big North American oh, distributor. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've got a few other uh, distributors that they basically buy from Bluefin and resell the stuff do it less and less because we need to buy more and more. And they tend to be more focused on supporting small shops, you know, like, Oh, we'll give you three. We can give you three of this kit. And for a lot of things, that's, that's not like anywhere near enough to be people would start riding in the streets. If we put three of something on the website for a lot of these popular kits. So, uh, but some of them, they, they, because they're shipping smaller quantities of things, they're repackaging things instead of just shipping all on cases. And sometimes that ends up, not ideal in how it's done uh big boxes with voids and stuff that have to be filled we've had a few other few other shipments that have just we've had some nasty stuff we had a bunch of uh let's say it was like last summer maybe we had a bunch of uh pg mark twos that i think we had a, a few dozen dozen or so that were like pretty badly trashed but thankfully thankfully it's been relatively low we just received our biggest shipment ever that had like very low damage compared to usual too so it's, it's seen been that getting on, better on, on instagram uh on, i was on instagram right you guys said you guys had like a, a big you guys had a big virtue shipment too right right yeah yeah yep yeah they came in thursday afternoon we spent like three to four hours breaking that down as fast as we could and the the virtues and the dynamas because got a good number of dynamas went up on with the restock the week the rest of that stuff will be going up next week but it was seven seven pallets wow wow yeah, <laughs> yeah nice. it, was, it was a lot <laughs> Dude, looking we're forward lucky to we that see like three so what would be um i, I know we're continuing on this uh kind of dark dark aspect of the <laughs> interview but um what would have been considered for you the big kind of almost monkey wrench in your business the, the aspect of the business or rather was it the beginning or something that mm-hmm. happened a while back that would have been like, uh, like, oh, uh, this might be it. Like this, this may have, this may stop the business altogether. What would that be um, for you? 
So I think the the only thing, well, there's there's two, and they're they're both kind of similar, but had different mm -hmm. causes. So early on, back before, like right around the time that we adopted the name Echo Warehouse, I, mm -hmm. I basically started really selling stuff like on Amazon and and Instagram and things like that, and it was basically just me just selling it, not not the the brand that exists now. And uh, so getting that initial account with Bluefin because I was getting stuff from from directly from Japanese suppliers mm -hmm. and the cost of importing things directly was so high that I, my cost for like importing, you know, say a larger master grade was like equal to or higher than the cost to just buy the kit from another us store, like at retail, oh, it was wow. like, it was wow bad. Smaller kits weren't too bad, but when you started adding up the numbers and figuring out for the bigger kits, it was like, this is pretty expensive. Yeah. And, uh, bluefin, I, I'm pretty sure a lot of other small shops will say the same. They're like notoriously hard to get in with in the first place, mm. especially now because the hobby's grown so much. But so getting into the first place was like a nerve wracking, like three to six months of emailing and calling them every week. Like you guys ready to talk to me about this yet? Because if I couldn't get in with them, there was like, I didn't know about some of these other U S distributors and I, it was like a, you have to be existing and already selling stuff for us to talk mm. to you. And it's like, how do I start operating if we're not already doing business? You know, one of those kind of things. And so that was a, a moment where it's just a, a months of anxiety of is this going to actually happen, or am I going to have to say never mind? Uh, and then, kind of on the other end of it, more recently, in the same thing, it's getting stuff in the, at all. Like kits are in short supply right now, and it's not even mm -hmm. that the supply is short; they're pumping them out probably as many or more than they've ever done. But mm -hmm. the the like customer base has grown so much demand yeah. is so much bigger that getting uh getting anything is really hard these days and they've, they've changed how they do ordering to try to make things fair but it makes it's, it's a humongous problem uh they're basically they take orders from everybody and then they uh they aggregate it all and figure out which kits they're actually going to make based on the orders and what they were thinking about making and then they divide it up based on how much everybody ordered. So it requires you to place these massive orders for probably more than you think you can really receive in some ways, because mm -hmm. some of those kits aren't going to get manufactured. And so you need that capital to go somewhere, but you don't know. And they could show up and say, oh yeah, we're going to make everything. And here's what you get. Or they could turn around and say, oh, we're going to give you just a little bit, you know, like there mm -hmm. were, there were like late last summer, last fall, there were things where I'd at order, you know, hundreds of something and get dozens. So humongous cuts and inventory is like the lifeblood of a business like this. You can't make money if you don't have anything to sell. And uh, when the popular items are hard to get, that certainly hurts a lot. We've been kind of lucky in that we've growing at a rate that we're feeling comfortable placing these larger and larger orders. But there's a lot of, uh, I think, smaller shops out there that are struggling a lot with it because to take that leap of faith and order a lot to mm -hmm. hope that you get a little, and if you get it all, you don't know how to pay for it. And if you order too little, you might not get enough to stay operating. And it's just, I don't know, it, it would be scary to me if we were scarier to me, if we were smaller and had those like fixed costs, like you got employees you need to pay, but if you don't have inventory for them to pack and ship, it's a problem, right? Sure. So, oh, 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, very much so. That's one of so the how, big. Um, go ahead. I'm sorry. 
<clears throat> yeah, as I said, it's one of the big the big issues they're facing right now, and uh, like there was definitely a time, probably last year, when these shortages were starting, we're having trouble getting stuff. That like yeah, there's a really real chance that if we can't figure out how to get more, that <laughs> that we just can't keep going. Cool. Well, that's not cool. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> no, cool now because no. I think things are going okay for us. Yeah. yeah. So far. How did you get over that hurdle with Bluefin and getting in with them? What was like, was it just you growing more and being and just staying persistent on the calls or, you know, like. Yeah, I think it was mostly just persistence right there. Now I think it's even harder because they can't keep up with demand for all their current customers. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like, do we keep supplying our current customers or do we add more and then not be able to supply stuff to everybody, you know, so they're, they're at a tough spot right now. It is. I definitely, if someone was like, should I start a couple shop? It's like, yes, probably, but I would wait, <laughs> wait, yeah. wait a year or two until <laughs> things kind of normal out. Cause it's a hard, it's a difficult time to, to do that. Um, but I think, yeah, it was mostly persistence and trying to demonstrate to them that I was serious about what I was doing. And I, I know that they weren't treating me, very seriously until after some of our first big orders after that that uh that first big ad i was mentioning to the beginning of covid i placed orders like oh we're going to give you a real account executive now instead of the the uh like minor leagues one that you had we're going to actually let you order with spreadsheets instead of going through our website that's really laggy and doesn't have most of our product lines on it and that kind of stuff hmm. but persistence definitely was a big piece of it Good. I mean, I'm glad you got through that for sure, man. Um, oh, I am too, because it yeah. makes it a hell of a lot easier to get a hold of kits. <laughs> yeah. We, what, um, said, we appreciate you. <laughs> what are some goals that you had for Mech Warehouse that you've reached? Uh, so, goals. I mean, the, the biggest goal was just getting it to, to be my full-time income and being able to get out of the consulting thing. That was like when I started, that was like, I didn't care how big I could grow it. I just wanted it to go to a point where I could just do it and make enough to live. And if I got there, I'm happy. And so I've gotten there. So my, my big ones checked off. And then after that, it's, there's been plenty of other milestones, right? Uh, got a full-time media person now. That was kind of one of my goals. I got a full-time customer service person now. So like those kind of growth things have been goals. Uh, but the, the biggest one was just getting out of the the day-to-day -day grind that I hated. <laughs> no, absolutely. I, th I think, uh, you know, I think we can all appreciate that here. Yeah, I know. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, how, how did your, uh, how did, I just have to know, I, I have to know, yeah. how did your family react to this when you were, like, in your garage and you had all yeah. these kits and they're just like, oh, there's Nick and he's yeah. got these boys <laughs> And, you know, like, and what is going on here? And you're like, believe me, this is a business. This is going to be big or sure. may or may not be big, but right. I've got to do this. How did that? I just have to know how that went. Yeah. So my like immediate family, my wife was super supportive yeah. pretty much from the okay. beginning. Right. She it's great. She was already kind of used to me with like a dream of the minute and just doing something crazy and like, yeah. you know, whatever, like pretty level headed doesn't dive into things without thinking about it at least a little bit so this will probably work out and i mean she's she's putting in probably close to the number of hours i am on the business right now with everything she does to support it so she was fully on board i think the kids love it uh especially now you know, i've got an eight-year-old that's into building and i got a three-year-old that's you know he hasn't built anything yet because he'd look at the case and he's like that one's mine and that one's mine and that one's mine <laughs> <laughs> sure yeah. uh, 
but then out outside the immediate family like you know my parents and my brothers and stuff like that i think it's kind of a similar like they they're kind of like i already struck it out my own to do the consulting thing and i think Mm -hmm. like my mom was probably nervous about it because you know who goes and does that and just starts an e-commerce business (laughs) in their house and all whatever like the we don't all know like a bunch of people that have done that and been successful at it. So it's not like a, like a normal thing you see, but I think I had done it enough with my other stuff that she kind of already would know that I was going to land on my feet one way or another and was able to figure it out either way. It either would work or it wouldn't. And I would land doing something else. So, uh, yeah, I think, and then a little bit of probably like under their breath, joking about the, the nerd that I am and my house being full of plastic bottle kits and toys and stuff. We're, we're all nerds, man. We're all. Yeah. Yeah. It's all good. Sounds like you got a great support system, man. Yeah. So that's good. That, yeah, that's definitely. good. I mean, you need it, you know, you gotta have definitely. It. I mean, my, my wife got involved. I remember it was like a month or two into the whole COVID thing. I was doing everything myself. I was up late nights packing orders by myself and doing everything by myself. And I, I think she came in. I was just like, I need help. Like practically in tears. Like I, ah, I'm, I'm dying here and she just like grabbed something and just figured out how to help it was crazy okay. so yeah i got amazing awesome. support it's great I mean, how many how many people do you know that that complain about a spouse or significant other like having to hide their backlog or new purchases from and here i am <laughs> burning my credit card and mm-hmm. all our all our credit on on all these kids and stuff we're just going to take more money on the house. It's okay. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> just a second mortgage. You'll be fine. Yeah. Nah, whatever. <laughs> no, that, uh-huh. I mean, that's awesome to hear, man. No, that's, that's good. Um, do you have like in the next five years, where do you see, or where would you like to see Mecca warehouse? Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a tough question. I, I guess you're saying where I'd like to see it. I mean, I I'd like to see it, you know, bigger and better. Obviously I'd like, there's, I've got, I've got a lot of ideas and a lot of things I want to do. A lot of them I haven't shared yet because I don't know exactly what they're going to look like in their final form. And I don't want to like, I don't know, jinx it maybe by putting the things out there and then not being able to execute the way I want to execute on them. Uh, But I I totally see the team growing two to five times from where we're at now and doing a lot more media stuff, a lot more content, uh, a lot more educational stuff providing more tools, supplies, trying to provide everything. I want to be that one, one stop shop for everything and not have anyone never have to an excuse to have to go somewhere else. Totally. Okay. If you want to shop somewhere else, but I want to make it so it's easy. So no one has to go find, you know, that random paint that we don't have or whatever. Um, and honestly, I, beyond that, I don't know because I, I could tell you with a hundred percent certainty that two years ago that me being here doing what I'm doing now and the way that I'm doing it now wasn't even like, like a possibility. Like it's, we so far surpassed any expectation I had and the rate that we've been growing. Like I have no idea. I mean, six months from now we could have four more people on staff. We might not, but it's, I see what's potentially coming and and the rate that things are going. And it's like, I, I can't even predict where we're going to be at two years from now, let alone five. Right. No, understandably so. Yeah, I guess five was a little bit of a stretch. That's kind yeah, of that yeah. one, but <laughs> I guess the only other thing that I, I hope at, at five years from now is that I have the team built up enough 
that I can take a, a good week or two vacation and not have to have anxiety about it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, I, yeah, I get that. I think we're getting there, but sometime in the next five years, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you guys do a great job uh, community-wise, mm-hmm. too. Appreciate Instagram, that. you guys are always posting people's builds. Uh, I know Alex has been on there. I've been on there a couple times, too. Um, so I know that I appreciate that, you know, like just showing people's yeah. builds. It's, you know, it's you find new builders that way, too. Sure. Um, yeah. I mean, people get lost in the algorithm that make great, you know, great builds Absolutely. and great customizations. And Absolutely. Algorithm, unfortunately. Great builders with small, small followings, and they, they really deserve more of a following because they, they do great stuff. Yeah, yeah, no. So, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, you guys do a great job with the community and the shop. So, I, Thank I you. love it. I, I want to see it grow even more. Oh, yeah. Same here. Hey. I mean, I think everyone here absolutely loves your guys' shop. I mean, your Discord, the community you've built, all of it has been absolutely amazing. I mean, I I did do Gunplow when I was, like, way, way younger, but the kits sure. were fucking terrible. But, uh, you know just getting into it with like what the last like seven months or so um it's really helped with like a lot of things anxiety whatever and like your guys shop has been really nice and made everything very easy to go through i'm I'm glad what would um what words of inspiration would you give to somebody like first getting into this hobby or somebody who's also starting or starting a business uh, sure. As far as this, what what would your inspiration or inspirational words be? Sure, and I, I think they're basically the same for for both, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, basically, don't be afraid to try stuff, and don't get paralyzed by trying to figure it all out before you start. Like it, it's helpful to have a plan. You know, you want to think about something before you you know go buy a bunch of stuff and try to start a business and whatever or you know, have a plan for what you want to do with that build maybe before you start cutting things up like crazy and doing whatever, but don't be afraid to, to, you know, make that rough plan and then just Mm -hmm. start because so many people that want to start businesses, I've did this for a long time. You're like, Oh, I got this great idea. And you think about it and you think about it and you plan and you think about it and you research and you think about it and then you don't do it. And just with, with this business, I just, started you know i had a rough idea what i want to do it actually started i was doing something completely different and then Mm -hmm. kind of found my way into it and by trying it you find out what those problems are going to be you know smart start small don't buy the most expensive perfect grade you can find and then try to paint it for your first painted kit you know start start small but just try something (laughs) right start start (laughs) buy a few if you're starting a business buy a little bit of inventory or try to find that first client or whatever it is that you're going to do and then try it you know what's the worst that could happen right yeah Yeah, go ahead claudia i'm sorry no you're good no i was just going to talk about us like for a minute like we we used to start our podcast literally kind of almost almost on a joke i guess like yeah, it like was we were, yeah we were talking about just literally like well steve and i know each other from work that's that's how we met and we were talking about doing another podcast and then i met these two guys over here and i was like like at a build that actual build that steve mentioned earlier and mm-hmm. i was like we were just like wouldn't it be funny if we just did a podcast and <laughs> yeah here we are like, yeah just try we're it. just go-getters <laughs> yeah well it's you have to if, if you think about things too long and you don't actually don't do them do and you know so the first episode might not have been what you thought it was going to be or whatever but the next one's better than that and next thing you know it's amazing right so 100%. you can't get there unless you don't try or unless you try yeah it's all about growth 
Well, moving on from here, um, Nick, uh, we're getting to our point where we typically end our episodes. What sure. are, uh, can, can you plug yourself on here? Um, give us all your, your handles on here for, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, sure. all that stuff. Sure. Well, the, the business Mecca warehouse is pretty much everywhere is at Mecca warehouse, Twitter, Instagram, mm-hmm. TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, you, you search for Mecca warehouse, you should be able to find us. Uh, I'm at nick.savory on uh, Instagram and nick underscore savory on TikTok, I believe. Apparently, I couldn't get nick.savory. That bugs me. Um, <laughs> there's somebody out there. Yeah. <laughs> That's your name. Somebody. Long there's there's some down. Australian motivational speaker or something. There you go. I am um, Instagram, uh, Gundam Operation Meteor. And there's an underscore between Gundam and Operation. I'm also on uh, TikTok as uh, Gundam Operation Meteor. And Twitch also as Operation Gundam Operation Meteor as well. And um, if you go to any of those uh, accounts, you'll actually just see my tree link and, and keep on gumpling. All right. So mine is, uh, my Insta is buildbrohero, H-E-E-R-O. And then my Twitch is NickHenry27. And uh, that is all. What about you, Alex? Want to plug yourself? My Instagram is Mecca underscore Shiva. S-H-E-E-V-A. And my Twitch is Sweaty McSwampass. All one word. Steve, CBXXL underscore builds. Twitch, TikTok, Instagram. Um, that's where you can find me. Um, and then our Instagram for build bros, of course, um, you can find us at build bros underscore M I, um, on Instagram there. And then let's plug our homies over at spawn camp, of course. Um, so on the network here, um, you can follow spawn camp co that's on Instagram. Um, under them, you'll, uh, you have a couple other shows. W. ASD, Beyond Podcast, Diggity Podcast, and Objectively Bad Pod. Um, those are the homies. Fun shows. Listen to that shit if you like gaming, slice of life, um, any type of tech news or geek culture. Well, we appreciate you coming on the show a lot. Yeah, thank no you. Thank you for having it me. Mean, it means a lot, um, especially you know to the community and everything. Um, you know, this is something we want to do with, you know, our, our builders, too, that we meet on Instagram is we want to get builders, um, shops and things like that. That's going to be our way of trying to get back to the community. So really, thank you for yep. coming on. No problem. Um, thank you for having me. Um, and no then um, thank you. I'll let you up for some info. I want to send you a couple of our stickers and everything, too. We got some sure. stickers, so I'll send them sure. your way. And, um, you know, if you're ever in Michigan, hit us up. We'll get a build session sure. going, man. <laughs> All right, my friend. All right, let me record that. This has been Bill Bros. Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, please share and like.